Section 11 of The Natural History, Volume 5. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Natural History, Volume 5, by Pliny the Elder, translated by John Bostock and Henry Thomas Riley. Section 11, Book 22, Chapters 57 to 82. Chapter 57. Remedies derived from grain, silago one remedy, wheat one remedy, chaff two remedies, spelt one remedy, bran one remedy, olira or arinka two remedies. Having now described the remedies derived from flowers, both those which enter into the composition of garlands and the ordinary garden ones, as well as from the vegetable productions, how could we possibly admit those which are derived from the cereals? 25. It will be only proper then to make some mention of these as well. In the first place, however, let us remark that it is a fact universally acknowledged that it is the most intelligent of the animated beings that derive their subsistence from grain. The grain of silago, highly roasted and pounded in Aminian wine, applied to the eyes heals defluxions of those organs, and the grain of wheat, parched on a plate of iron, is an instantaneous remedy for frostbite in various parts of the body. Wheat meal, boiled in vinegar, is good for contractions of the sinews, and bran, mixed with rose oil, dried figs, and mixer plums boiled down together, forms an excellent gargle for the tonsillary glands and throat. Sextus Pomponius, who had a son Praetor, and who was himself the first citizen of nearer Spain, was on one occasion attacked with gout, while superintending the winnowing in his granaries upon which he immediately thrust his legs, to above the knees, in a heap of wheat. He found himself relieved, the swelling in the legs subsided in a most surprising degree, and from that time he always employed this remedy. Indeed, the action of grain in masses is so extremely powerful as to cause the entire evaporation of the liquor in a cask. Men of experience in these matters recommend warm chaff of wheat or barley as an application for hernia, and fomentations with the water in which it has been boiled. In the grain known as spelt, there is a small worm found, similar in appearance to the teredo. If this is put with wax into the hollow of carrier's teeth, they will come out, it is said, or indeed if the teeth are only rubbed with it. Another name given to Olira, as already mentioned, is Arinka. With the decoction of it, a medicament is made, known in Egypt as Athera and extremely good for infants. For adult persons, it is employed in the form of a liniment. Chapter 58. The various kinds of meal, 28 remedies. Barley meal, raw or boiled, disperses, softens or ripens gatherings and inflammatory tumours, and for other purposes a decoction of it is made in hydromel or with dried figs. If required for pains in the liver, it must be boiled with oxycrity in wine. When it is a matter of doubt whether an abscess should be made to separate or be dispersed, it is a better plan to boil the meal in vinegar, or lees of vinegar, or else with a decoction of quinces or pears. For the bite of the millipede it is employed with honey, and for the stings of serpents, and to prevent suppurations, with vinegar. To promote suppuration it should be used with oxycrity, with the addition of gallic resin. For gatherings also that have come to a head and ulcers of long standing, it must be employed in combination with resin, and for indurations with pigeon's dung, dried figs, or ashes. 
for inflammation of the tendons or of the intestines and sides, or for pains in the male organs and denudations of the bones, it is used with poppies or melility, and for scrofulous sores it is used with pitch and oil, mixed with the urine of a youth who has not reached the years of puberty. It is employed also with fenugreek for tumours of the thoracic organs, and in fevers with honey or stale grease. For suppurations, however, wheat meal is much more soothing. It is applied topically also for the affections of the sinews mixed with the juice of henbane, and for the cure of freckles with vinegar and honey. The meal of zia, from which, as already stated, an alika is made, appears to be more efficacious than that of barley even but that of the three-month kind is the most emollient. It is applied warm, in red wine, to the stings of scorpions, as also for affections of the trachees and spitting of blood. For coughs it is employed in combination with goat suet or butter. The meal of fenugreek, however, is the most soothing of them all. Boiled with wine and nitre, it heals running ulcers, eruptions of the body, and diseases of the feet and mammillae. The meal of era is more detergent than the other kinds for inveterate ulcers and gangrenes. In combination with radishes, salt and vinegar, it heals lichens, and with virgin sulphur, leprosy. For headache, it is applied to the forehead with goose grease. Boiled in wine, with pigeon's dung and linseed, it ripens inflamed tumours and scrofulous sores. Chapter 59. Polenta. Eight Remedies. Of the various kinds of polenta we have already treated sufficiently at length when speaking of the places where it is made. It differs from barley meal in being parched, a process which renders it more wholesome for the stomach. It arrests looseness of the bowels and heals inflammatory eruptions, and it is employed as a liniment for the eyes and for headache, combined with mint or some other refreshing herb. It is used in a similar manner also for chillblains and wounds inflicted by serpents and with wine for burns. It has the effect also of checking pustular eruptions. Chapter 60. Fine flour, five remedies. Pulse, one remedy. Meal used for pasting papyrus, one remedy. The flour of bolted meal kneaded into a paste has the property of drawing out the humours of the body. Hence it is applied to bruises gorged with blood, to extract the corrupt matter, even to soaking the bandages employed. Used with boiled must, it is still more efficacious. It is used as an application also for callosities of the feet and corns. Boiled with old oil and pitch and applied as hot as possible, it cures condylometer and all other maladies of the fundament in a most surprising manner. Pulse is a very feeding diet. The meal used for pasting the sheets of papyrus is given warm to patients for spitting of blood, and it is found to be an effectual cure. Chapter 61. Alika, Six Remedies. Alika is quite a Roman invention, and not a very ancient one, for otherwise the Greeks would never have written in such high terms of the praises of Tyson in preference. I do not think that it was yet in use in the days of Pompeius Magnus, a circumstance which will explain why hardly any mention has been made of it in the works of the school of Esclepiades. That it is a most excellent preparation, no one can have a doubt, whether it is used strained in hydromel, or whether it is boiled and taken in the form of broth or pulse. To arrest flux of the bowels, it is first parched and then boiled with honeycomb, as already mentioned. But it is more particularly useful when there is a tendency to phthisis after a long illness. 
the proper proportions being three chiathi of it to one sextarius of water. This mixture is boiled till all the water has gone off by evaporation, after which one sextarius of sheep or goat's milk is added. It is then taken by the patient daily, and after a time some honey is added. By this kind of nutriment a deep decline may be cured. Chapter 62. Millet. Six Remedies. Millet arrests looseness of the bowels and dispels gripings of the stomach, for which purposes it is first parched. For pains in the sinews and of various other descriptions, it is applied hot in a bag to the part affected. Indeed, there is no better topical application known, as it is extremely light and emollient, and retains heat for a very long time. Hence it is that it is so much employed in all those cases in which the application of heat is necessary. The meal of it, mixed with tar, is applied to wounds inflicted by serpents and millipedes. Chapter 63. Panic. Four Remedies. Diocles, the physician, has given to panic the name of honey of corn. It has the same properties as millet, and taken in wine it is good for dysentery. In a similar manner, too, it is applied to such parts of the body as require to be treated with heat. Boiled in goat's milk and taken twice a day, it arrests looseness of the bowels, and used in a similar manner, it is very good for gripings of the stomach. Chapter 64. Sesame, seven remedies. Sesamides, three remedies. Antichiricum, three remedies. Sesame, pounded and taken in wine, arrests vomiting. It is applied also topically to inflammations of the ears and burns. It has a similar effect even while in the blade, and in that state a decoction of it in wine is used as a liniment for the eyes. As an aliment it is injurious to the stomach and imparts a bad odour to the breath. It is an antidote to the bite of the spotted lizard, and heals the cancerous sore known as cacoethes. The oil made from it, as already mentioned, is good for the ears. Sesamoides owes its name to its resemblance to sesame. The grain of it, however, is bitter, and the leaf more diminutive. It is found growing in sandy soils. Taken in water, it carries off bile, and with the seed a liniment is made for the erysipelas. It disperses inflamed swellings also. Besides this, there is another sesamoides, which grows at Antichira, and for that reason is known by some as Antichiricon. In other respects, it is similar to the plant Erigeron, of which we shall have to speak on a future occasion, but the seed of it is like that of sesame. It is given in sweet wine as an evacuant, in doses of a pinch in three fingers, mixed with an obulus and a half of white helibore. This preparation being employed principally as a purgative, in cases of insanity, melancholy, epilepsy and gout. Taken alone in doses of one drachma, it purges by stool. Chapter 65. Barley, nine remedies. Mouse barley, by the Greeks called phoenici, one remedy. The whitest barley is the best. Boiled in rainwater, the pulp of it is divided into lozenges, which are used in injections for ulcerations of the intestines and the uterus. The ashes of barley are applied to burns, to bones denuded of the flesh, to purulent eruptions, and to the bite of the shrew-mouse. Sprinkled with salt and honey, they impart whiteness to the teeth and sweetness to the breath. It is alleged that persons who are in the habit of eating barley bread are never troubled with gout in the feet. 
They say, too, that if a person takes nine grains of barley and traces three times round a boil, with each of them in the left hand, and then throws them all into the fire, he will experience an immediate cure. There is another plant, too, known as phoenice by the Greeks, and as mouse barley by us. Pounded and taken in wine, it acts remarkably well as an amenagogue. Chapter 66 Tyson, Four Remedies To Ptyson, which is a preparation of barley, Hippocrates has devoted a whole treatise. Praises, however, which at the present day are all transferred to the alika, being as it is, a much more wholesome preparation. Hippocrates, however, recommends it as a pottage for the comparative ease with which, from its lubricious nature, it is swallowed, as also because it allays thirst, never swells in the stomach, passes easily through the intestines, and is the only food that admits of being given twice a day in fever, at least to patients who are in the habit of taking two meals. So opposed is his method to that of those physicians who are for famishing their patients. He forbids it to be given, however, without being first strained, for no part, he says, of the petison except the water should be used. He says, too, that it must never be taken while the feet are cold, and, indeed, that no drink of any kind should be taken then. With wheat, a more viscous kind of petison is made, which is found to be still more efficacious for ulcerations of the trachea. Chapter 67 Amelum, Eight Remedies Oats, one remedy. Amelum weakens the eyesight and is bad for the throat, whatever opinions may be held to the contrary. It has the effect of arresting looseness of the bowels and curing defluxions and ulcerations of the eyes, as also pustules and congestions of the blood. It mollifies indurations of the eyelids and is given with egg to persons when they vomit blood. For pains of the bladder, half an ounce of it is prescribed with an egg, and as much raisin wine as three eggshells will hold. The mixture to be made lukewarm and taken immediately after the bath. Oatmeal, boiled in vinegar, removes moles. Chapter 68. Bread. 21 remedies. Bread, too, which forms our ordinary nutriment, possesses medicinal properties almost without number. Applied with water and oil, or else rose oil, it softens abscesses, and with hydromel it is remarkably soothing for indurations. It is prescribed with wine to produce delitescence, or when a defluxion requires to be checked, or if additional activity is required, with vinegar. It is employed also for the morbid defluxions of rheum, known to the Greeks as rheumatismi, and for bruises and sprains. For all these purposes, however, bread made with leaven, and known as autopyrus, is the best. It is applied also to whitlows in vinegar and to callosities of the feet. Stale bread, or sailor's bread, beaten up and baked again, arrests looseness of the bowels. For persons who wish to improve the voice, dry bread is very good, taken fasting. It is useful also as a preservative against catars. The bread called Cetaneus, and which is made of three-month wheat applied with honey, is a very efficient cure for contusions of the face and scaly eruptions. White bread, steeped in hot or cold water, furnishes a very light and wholesome aliment for patients. Soaked in wine, it is applied as a poultice for swellings of the eyes, and used in a similar manner, or with the addition of dried myrtle, it is good for pustules on the head. 
Persons troubled with palsy are recommended to take bread soaked in water, fasting, immediately after the bath. Burnt bread modifies the close smell of bedrooms, and used in the strainers, it neutralises bad odours in wine. Chapter 69. Beans. 16 remedies. Beans, too, furnish us with some remedies. Parched whole and thrown hot into strong vinegar, they are a cure for gripings of the bowels. Bruised and boiled with garlic, they are taken with the daily food for inveterate coughs and for separations of the chest. Chewed by a person fasting, they are applied topically to ripen boils or to disperse them. And boiled in wine, they are employed for swellings of the testes and diseases of the genitals. Bean meal boiled in vinegar ripens tumours and breaks them, and heals contusions and burns. Marcus Farro assures us that beans are very good for the voice. The ashes of bean stalks and shells with stale hog's lard are good for sciatica and inveterate pains of the sinews. The husks, too, boiled down by themselves to one-third, arrest looseness of the bowels. Chapter 70. Lentils. 17 remedies. Those lentils are the best which boil the most easily, and those in particular which absorb the most water. They injure the eyesight, no doubt, and inflate the stomach. But taken with the food, they act astringently upon the bowels, more particularly if they are thoroughly boiled in rainwater. If, on the other hand, they are lightly boiled, they are laxative. They break purulent ulcers, and they cleanse and cicatrize ulcerations of the mouth. Applied topically, they allay all kinds of abscesses, when ulcerated and chapped more particularly. With melility or quinces, they are applied to defluxions of the eyes, and with polenta they are employed topically for separations. A decoction of them is used for ulcerations of the mouth and genitals, and with rose oil or quinces for diseases of the fundament. For affections which demand a more active remedy, they are used with pomegranate rind, and the addition of a little honey to prevent the composition from drying too quickly beet leaves are added they are applied topically also to scrofulous sores and to tumours whether ripe or only coming to a head being thoroughly boiled first in vinegar mixed with hydromel they are employed for the cure of chaps and with pomegranate rind for gangrenes with polenta they are used for gout for diseases of the uterus and kidneys for chillblains and for ulcerations which cicatrize with difficulty. For a disordered stomach, 30 grains should be eaten. For cholera, however, and dysentery, it is the best plan to boil the lentils in three waters, in which case they should always be parched first, and then pounded as fine as possible, either by themselves, or else with quinces, pears, myrtle, wild endive, black beet, or plantago. Lentils are bad for the lungs, headache, all nervous affections, and bile, and are very apt to cause restlessness at night. They are useful, however, for pustules, erysipelas, and affections of the mammalae. Boiled in sea water and applied with vinegar, they disperse indurations and scrofulous sores. As a stomachic, they are mixed like polenta with the drink given to patients. Parboiled in water and then pounded and bolted through a sieve to disengage the bran, they're good for burns, care being taken to add a little honey as they heal. They are boiled also with oxycrity for diseases of the throat. There is a marsh lentil also which grows spontaneously in stagnant waters. 
it is of a cooling nature for which reason it is employed topically for abscesses and for gout in particular either by itself or with polenta its glutinous properties render it a good medicine for intestinal hernia chapter seventy one the elelisphacus sphacus or salvia thirteen remedies the plant called by the greeks elelisphacus or sphacus is a species of wild lentil lighter than the cultivated one and with a leaf smaller drier and more odoriferous there is also another kind of it of a wild nature and possessed of a powerful smell the other one being milder it has leaves the shape of a quince but white and smaller they are generally boiled with the branches this plant acts as an amenagogue and a diuretic and it affords a remedy for wounds inflicted by the stingray having the property of benumbing the part affected it is taken in drink with wormwood for dysentery employed with wine it accelerates the catamenia when retarded a decoction of it having the effect of arresting them when in excess the plant applied by itself staunches the blood of wounds it is a cure too for the stings of serpents and a decoction of it in wine allays prurigo of the testes our herbalists of the present day take for the elelisphacus of the greeks the salvia of the latins a plant similar in appearance to mint white and aromatic applied externally it expels the dead fetus as also worms which breed in ulcers and in the ears chapter seventy two the chickpea and the chicheling vetch twenty three remedies there is a wild chickpea also which resembles in its leaf the cultivated kind and has a powerful smell taken in considerable quantities it relaxes the bowels and produces griping pains and flatulency parched however it is looked upon as more wholesome the chicheling vetch again acts more beneficially upon the bowels the meal of both kinds heals running sores of the head that of the wild sort being the more efficacious of the two as also epilepsy swellings of the liver and stings inflicted by serpents it acts as an amenagogue and a diuretic used in the grain more particularly and it is a cure for lichens inflammations of the testes jaundice and dropsy all these kinds however exercise an injurious effect upon ulcerations of the bladder and kidneys but in combination with honey they are very good for gangrenous sores and the cancer known as cacoethes the following is a method adopted for the cure of all kinds of warts on the first day of the moon each wart must be touched with a single chickpea after which the party must tie up the peas in a linen cloth and throw it behind him by adopting this plan it is thought the warts will be made to disappear our authors recommend the plant known as aretinum to be boiled in water with salt and two chiathi of the decoction to be taken for strangury employed in a similar manner it expels calculi and cures jaundice the water in which the leaves and stalks of this plant have been boiled applied as a fomentation as hot as possible allays gout in the feet an effect equally produced by the plant itself beaten up and applied warm a decoction of the columbine chickpea it is thought moderates the shivering fits in tertian or quartan fevers and the black kind beaten up with half a nut gall and applied with raisin wine is a cure for ulcers of the eyes chapter seventy three the fitch twenty remedies in speaking of the fitch 
we have mentioned certain properties belonging to it and indeed the ancients have attributed to it no fewer virtues than they have to the cabbage for the stings of serpents it is employed with vinegar as also for bites inflicted by crocodiles and human beings if a person eats of it fasting every day according to authors of the very highest authority the spleen will gradually diminish the meal of it removes spots on the face and other parts of the body it prevents ulcers from spreading also and is extremely efficacious for affections of the mammillae mixed with wine it makes carbuncles break parched and taken with a piece of honey the size of a hazelnut it cures dysuria flatulency affections of the liver tenismus and that state of the body in which no nourishment is derived from the food generally known as atrophy for cutaneous eruptions plasters are made of it boiled with honey being left to remain four days on the part affected applied with honey it prevents inflamed tumours from separating a decoction of it employed as a fomentation cures chilblains and prurigo and it is thought by some that if it is taken daily fasting it will improve the complexion of all parts of the body used as an aliment this pulse is far from wholesome being apt to produce vomiting disorder the bowels and stuff the head and stomach it weakens the knees also but the effects of it may be modified by keeping it in soak for several days in which case it is remarkably beneficial for oxen and beasts of burden the pods of it beaten up green with the stalks and leaves before they harden stain the hair black chapter seventy four lupines thirty-five remedies there are wild lupines also inferior in every respect to the cultivated kinds except in their bitterness of all the alimentary substances there are none which are less heavy or more useful than dried lupines their bitterness is considerably modified by cooking them on hot ashes or steeping them in hot water employed frequently as an article of food they impart freshness to the colour the bitter lupine too is good for the sting of the asp dried lupines stripped of the husk and pounded are applied in a linen cloth to black ulcers in which they make new flesh boiled in vinegar they disperse scrofulous sores and imposthumes of the parotid glands a decoction of them with rue and pepper is given in fever even as an expellent of intestinal worms to patients under thirty years of age for children also they are applied to the stomach as a vermifuge the patient fasting in the meantime and according to another mode of treatment they are parched and taken in boiled must or in honey lupines have the effect of stimulating the appetite and dispelling nausea the meal of them kneaded up with vinegar and applied in the bath removes pimples and prurigo employed alone it dries up ulcerous sores it cures bruises also and used with polenta allays inflammations the wild lupine is found to be the most efficacious for debility of the hips and loins a decoction of them used as a fomentation removes freckles and improves the skin and lupines either wild or cultivated boiled down to the consistency of honey are a cure for black eruptions and leprosy an application of cultivated lupines causes carbuncles to break and reduces inflamed tumours and scrofulous sores or else brings them to a head boiled in vinegar they restore the flesh when cicatrised to its proper colour thoroughly boiled in rain-water 
the decoction of them furnishes a detersive medicine of which fomentations are made for gangrenes purulent eruptions and running ulcers this decoction is very good taken in drink for affections of the spleen and with honey for retardations of the catamania beaten up raw with dried figs lupines are applied externally to the spleen a decoction of the root acts as a diuretic the herb chameleon also is boiled with lupines and the water of it strained off to be used as a potion for cattle lupines boiled in amurca or a decoction of them mixed with amurca heals the itch in beasts the smoke of lupines kills gnats chapter seventy five irio or erisimum by the gauls called vela fifteen remedies when treating of the cereals we have already stated that the irio which strongly resembles sesame is also called erisimum by the greeks the gauls give it the name of vela it is a branchy plant with leaves like those of rocket but a little narrower and a seed similar to that of nasturtium with honey it is extremely good for cough and purulent expectorations it is given also for jaundice and affections of the loins pleurisy gripings of the bowels and celiac affections and is used in liniments for imposthumes of the parotid glands and carcinomatous affections employed with water or with honey it is useful for inflammations of the testes and is extremely beneficial for the diseases of infants mixed with honey and figs it is good for affections of the fundament and diseases of the joints and taken in drink it is an excellent antidote to poisons it is used also for asthma and with stale axle grease for fistulas but it must not be allowed to touch the interior of them chapter seventy six horminum six remedies horminum resembles cumin as already stated in its seed but in other respects it is like the leek it grows to some nine inches in height and there are two varieties of it in one of these the seed is oblong and darker than that of the other and the plant itself is in request as an aphrodisiac and for the cure of argema and albigo in the eyes of the other kind the seed is whiter and of a rounder form both kinds pounded and applied with water are used for the extraction of thorns from the body the leaves steeped in vinegar disperse tumours either used by themselves or in combination with honey they are employed also to disperse boils before they have come to a head and other collections of acrid humours chapter seventy seven darnel five remedies even more than this the very plants which are the bane of the cornfield are not without their medicinal uses darnel has received from virgil the epithet of unhappy and yet ground and boiled with vinegar it is used as an application for the cure of empatigo which is the more speedily affected the oftener the application is renewed it is employed also with oxymel for the cure of gout and other painful diseases the following is the mode of treatment for one sextarius of vinegar two ounces of honey is the right proportion three sextarii having been thus prepared two sextarii of darnel meal are boiled down in it to a proper consistency the mixture being applied warm to the part affected this meal too is used for the extraction of splinters of broken bones chapter seventy eight the plant miliaria one remedy miliaria is the name given to a plant which kills millet 
this plant it is said is a cure for gout in beasts of burden beaten up and administered in wine with the aid of a horn chapter seventy nine bromos one remedy bromos is the seed also of a plant which bears an ear it is a kind of oat which grows among corn to which it is injurious the leaves and stalk of it resemble those of wheat and at the extremity it bears seeds hanging down something like small locusts in appearance the seed of this plant is useful for plasters like barley and other grains of a similar nature a decoction of it is good for coughs chapter eighty orobanchi or cinnamorion one remedy we have mentioned orobanchi as the name of a plant which kills the fitch and other leguminous plants some persons have called it cinnamorion from the resemblance which it bears to the genitals of a dog the stem of it is leafless thick and red it is eaten either raw or boiled in the saucepan while young and tender chapter eighty one remedies for injuries inflicted by insects which breed among leguminous plants there are some venomous insects also of the solipuga kind which breed upon leguminous plants and which by stinging the hands endanger life for these stings all those remedies are efficacious which have been mentioned for the bite of the spider and the phalangium such then are the medicinal properties for which the cereals are employed chapter eighty two the use made of the yeast of xythum different beverages too are made from the cereals xythum in egypt Caelia and Caria in Spain, Curvesia and numerous liquors in Gaul and other provinces. The yeast of all these is used by women as a cosmetic for the face. But as we are now speaking of beverages, it will be the best plan to pass on to the various uses of wine and to make a beginning with the vine of our account of the medicinal properties of the trees. Summary Remedies, Narratives and Observations 906 authors quoted all those mentioned in the preceding book and in addition to them chrysermus eratosthenes and alcaeus end of section eleven